This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. My name's Greg Abbott and you're listening to the Blue Army podcast. Enjoy. All right, Marins, just before we get things kicked off with the podcast, I just want you to do me a favour. Picture this scene. It's Sunday morning. It was a good night. But I bet you're feeling it now. And there's no point in just sitting on the couch all day, wallowing and suffering with dry mouth. You want to get yourself up, and you want to get yourself down to Bank Street in Carlisle. And when you're there, you want to follow your nose, and you will find... John Watsonson's Cafe and their amazing new brunch menu, which includes full English breakfast served from 10am to 3pm. That's right, all day, John Watsonson's breakfast. What more could you want on a Sunday? Get yourself out of bed at 9 in the morning, get yourself out of bed at midday. It doesn't matter, you'll still have enough time to go down to John Watson's Sons on Bank Street in Carlisle and get yourself a full English breakfast. And yes, before you ask, it does include a free juice, coffee or a tea and is actually less than a tenner. So I don't think I need to do much more selling to convince you where to go on Sunday morning this week. It's the newest sponsor here on the Blue Army podcast. We're proudly associated with John Watson's Sons Cafe on Bank Street. Go down there and try the new brunch menu. And while you're there, just mention that you heard about it here on the Blue Army podcast. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Maddie Robson. My name is Chris Miller. My name is Paul Anderson. My name is Mark Boyd. Hello, my name is Derek Combs and I listen to the Blue Army Podcast. My name is Toby Show Silva and welcome to the Blue Army Podcast. It's happy days. Well, 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 well. What a fucking Easter bank <laughs> holiday that turned out to be, boys, eh? Wow, I mean... There was some good and some not so good. <laughs> yeah. 
Didn't yeah. concede. Yeah. <laughs> Good time. Two clean sheets. Well, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's that's a thing I want to talk about a little bit later on because it's one of the few highlights and one of the few consistencies that actually happened over the Easter weekend. And there's uh, something else that happened over the weekend is that a few of us from the Blue Army podcast were lucky enough to take over a stage in the fan zone. And uh, I mean, Liam. You became a bit of a social. What's the word for it? A pariah? A piranha? What's the? What, I mean, like you that were made a martyr fault. out of. <laughs> I'm not going to pretend to know what that word means, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we tried to have a game of guessing the player with the crowd, and uh, Liam, you were brave enough to come up on stage and represent the Blue Army podcast. There was ten pounds on the line. We were looking for people to come out the crowd to come and play guessing the player with us, and the first person that stepped up was a young man called. Um, I think it was Max, the first one that came up. And he must have been no older than about 10 years old. Cute (laughs) as a button, wearing a Carlisle shirt, and obviously instantly became a fan favourite within seconds of stepping onto the stage. Yeah, I was set up to lose from the very start. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I'll be honest, Liam, I'm sorry. I sold you down the river. I played into that hand a little bit. I did. Um, I had different players where when I saw him later and he couldn't remember... <laughs> yeah. well, I mean, it was blank, blocked it all out. <laughs> I mean, it was a great experience. So, at the end of the day, it was a lot of fun taking over the stage in the fan yeah, zone. And I, I want to remind people that the Blue Army podcast is getting involved once again with Match Day, High Drinks, and Entertainment. Matty Robson is going to be in the East Stand on Saturday at half two doing a QA with one of the best DJs in Carlisle, Mr. Paul C who will be entertaining the East Stand from, I believe, 1pm till kickoff. Um, he's a fantastically good DJ. He's done a playlist especially suited towards a football crowd. It's all your old FIFA bangers and World Cup songs, Carlisle songs, and just like feel-good songs all meshed together into a playlist. And at the end of that, you're going to be able to have a Q&A with Mr. Matty Robson. Um, so it's all good stuff to look forward to next week but uh lads what we normally do here is cover what happened last week and if we're going to get on with that then i should probably do the introduction to the show shouldn't i yeah i think (laughs) probably about time probably about time well How's it going? And welcome back to the Blue Army Podcast. This is, of course, episode 104. And I am absolutely buzzing to be joined by the two men I adore and love to call the Cumbrian Brain Trust. That's right. I'm talking about Wills and Liam. Welcome back, boys. Good to be back. Good to be back, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's not going to be too bad. Two clean sheets, four points out of a possible six. We're slipping position in the league table. All of these are things that we're going to dive into and go on to talk about. And lads, I'm I'm absolutely buzzing to be joined by the Perriers. I'm having a crap day at work. I really have. It's been a rough day for me. And I imagine, you know, a lot of the listeners out there, they have a bit of a rough day. And, um, you know, they they, they where, where they're sort of like, relief you know a little bit you know where, where the sort of mm. like they get they get an hour of the time and they'll listen to us and i really appreciate that and i i really do but 
what I have the luxury of doing is when I have a shit day, boys, I get to talk to the two of you two on this <laughs> podcast. So do forgive me if you feel like I'm going into some kind of passive-aggressive rant because I'm probably not very angry at Omari Patrick. It probably has nothing to do with <laughs> Omari Patrick or or Ryan Edmondson or anyone else. It probably, I'm probably not even angry at them. I'm not. I'm not. It's I didn't think you were until you said that to me. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's to do with how much of a shocking day I've had today. Um, I've had a really shit day today. Um, and there's only one recipe for my shit day, gentlemen, that might have the chance of picking me up. Yeah. And at uh, this stage of the show, you both know what it's time for. That's right. Joke it's time week. for... Yeah, Wills. That's right. <laughs> it's time. 104 episodes of Wills finally on the ball. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the listeners out there, I won't tell you what Will just signed me, but I'm sure you can guess. Anyway, at this time of the show, it's time for the Blue Army podcast joke of the week. Is he having a laugh? I think he's trying to. It's the Blue Army podcast. Right, boys, here we go. Before we dive into the uh, the melee of today's show, two match reports, news, a league roundup, guessing the player, true blue or not a blue. We've got a stack show today, but let's kick things off with a half-decent joke. Here we go, here we go. Where is the most difficult place in the hospital to play hide-and-seek? Um, I always try and guess them now, you know. But... Yeah, like an observation <laughs> ward or something. Oh, you're very close. <laughs> the most difficult place in the hospital to play hide and seek, boys, is the ICU. Oh, ah! <laughs> I quite like there that we... one. Yay. It's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's one of <laughs> <laughs> There's been better ones. There's been worse ones. But it's not the worst way to kick off the show, lads. It's not the worst way to kick off the show. And I believe, lads, at this stage of the show, it's when I get to have a little bit of a lean back and enjoy while you two tackle what's been happening here. What's been happening there in the league? To round up with Liam and Wills. Let's go, boys. I believe right. you're tackling the league table and somebody's doing the yeah, top half I'm gonna and do somebody's the doing the bottom half. Yeah, right. I'm going to do the Who's bottom half. first, Will? First. Um, do you want to go? One. Yeah. Start from on, the bottom. Then. Yeah, start I'll start from the first. Bottom. Okay, so... Just looking at the table, and you know the little form with the green, grey, and yellow, down towards the bottom, there's quite a lot of green, a hell of a lot of grey, not a bit of, you know, not much red for losing. And the teams down there are really making a fist of it. I think we kind of all agree that there are fists. Now, nah, fists a bad thing, isn't it? A fight of They're it. making a go of it. They're making a fight making of a it. Go yeah. Of it, yeah. They're making well, a good go fight. of it. We knew what you meant. We knew yeah. what you meant. We thought you were trying to start your own turn of phrase. I know. <laughs> so um I think we're gonna all I think we're all in agreement that it's a five team relegation battle. Um Gillingham on forty seven points and nine points clear on we think they're probably safe. Yeah, they're gone. So yeah. it's yeah. Um Colchester on forty two, only three points clear of the relegation spaces. After a run of draws, um, they've got a, quite a few games without a win, really getting sucked into it. 
Um, they hosted Crew Alexandra, a mid-table team with not a lot to play for, and won 4-0. Massive result for them. Um, it lift, it's lifted them up into 20th place. Um, well, above Harrogate, I yeah, just just at one spot, but you know, that's it's a huge result for them. Um, you know, the goal difference as well, which now for them is considerably better. Well, them and Harrogate now, they're not going to get overhauled in terms of goal difference. Nah. Um, and, and looking at Harrogate, they had a very difficult game against Leighton Orient, who I'm sure uh, Liam will talk about because it was potentially a big game for them and they ran into a 2-0 lead and Harrogate pegged them back to make it 2-2 uh, with two goals in three minutes in the second half. H- hung on to that point. So, you know, uh, a good point for Harrogate, you've got to say. Still in a bit of trouble, but, you know, they're, they're, they've got three teams below them and none of those teams actually won. And they are Hartlepool, who are they're now undefeated in quite a while, Hartlepool. And they did us a favour, uh, drew 1-1 with Stevenage on Monday. I think Monday. they've got enough about them, Hartlepool. I really do. Yeah. Like I said, my, yeah. my dark horse to go down has always been Harrogate. Even though they seem to occupy that 20th position, they seem to yeah, hover like, quite well, highly above. It's it's a very it's a very easy one-game drop to end up in the relegation zone for them. Well, yeah. I mean, Hartlepool... Uh, I don't know if they're un- are they undefeated since Oski came in. They're certainly undefeated in a while. A couple of good wins there, and you know, a draw hosting Stevenage. So, you know, an- another good result for a team down at the bottom end against one of the promotion chasers. Yeah, they got to get a draw against Leighton Orient a few weeks ago as well. So they're, mm. they're very much doing it against the t- and Bradford as well. They drew against. So yeah. they're doing it against the top teams as well. Still only one point ahead of the relegation, and their goal difference is in the sort of like, well, it's minus 22 um, and Crawley and Rochdale in the relegation spot, like minus 25, minus 23. So they're all in a range of each other. Um, Harrogate and Colchester that I mentioned before are much better in terms of goal difference. Crawley, are they going to survive, aren't they? They had a bit of good form and now they're having a bit of bad form and they went to our Cumbrian neighbours, Barrow, and got absolutely hammered 4 0. It was a hat trick, wasn't it? Someone scored a hat trick. Yeah, they're not enjoying coming to Cumbria. And um, Josh Gordon, who's yeah, Gordon, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's now on 15 goals for the season, so um, you know, not far behind Dennis. Bit late for him to make a bid for the goal. I, I don't know how many goals Andy Cook scored now, I think he's kind of starting to pull away. In the um in the race for the League Two Ballon d'Or, yeah, Andy Cook's got twenty four. <laughs> yeah, and finally we come to Rochdale, who, um, you know, another decent result for them, one one at Mansfield. Um, this is following two wins. I think, like we've said this a few times before, is it enough? They were so far behind the others. They're still six points from safety. Um, you know, we can, you know, maybe they are going to make a fist of it. Um, you know, very good hey! result. Oh, I've done it again. Yeah, they are hey! going to make a goal. Of it. <laughs> very good result. Yeah, so fist of his, that means bad. Hey! Very, yeah. 
very yeah, they're gonna make a go of it. A very good result that at Mansfield. And even though I still think they're gonna go down, um, they did look adrift. Um, maybe they're not going to be so far adrift. Uh, maybe for them now, this is about going into non-league on good form, in better shape, and and doing well when they're down there. I mean, um, in the area that they're in, you know, you would have thought they've got like a decent catchment of some young talent that will drip feed through. Plenty got, of like, loads of huge clubs around them, though. It's exactly I mean, there's a lot of yeah. people that will fall through the gap. There's a lot of loan opportunities, a lot of kids that get released at those ages. That'll it seems come to and... be seems to be having the opposite effect, though, with um, Oldham it, down, swing, not doing swings well. Swings roundabouts for teams like that. Obviously, as well, we you know what happened to Bury. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It, it's difficult it for them. Around, but sometimes you'll get three of them in it one summer, and sometimes you know they're all the all three of them turn out to be you know just as shit as what Man United told you they were going to be. Or yeah, Man I mean, he told you they were going to be or whatever Manchester team they've fallen away from. And then they go to you know yeah. um what they called where where do we get Joel Senior from? Uh, Altrincham. Yeah, it's I mean, the Manchester team. You know, they all end up yeah, around there but, or thereabouts um, until they pick up again. Yeah, but I mean, you know, is that enough to? You know, is that enough to negate the issue with struggling for fans? Um, you know, Rochdale are definitely a team that struggled a lot for fans. I think they're still only getting about two thousand in a home, uh, yeah. because the younger fans coming up in that area, they're all supporting Man City, Man U. Um, but you've got you've got to do something. Even yeah, altering yeah. yeah. them. <laughs> you should have a pint on the terrace. There's no competition. You've got to go to Altrincham. I'll go to Ashton. You know, I'd happily go to these games over over any of those games, uh, especially you know City or Man United. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean that's a you know there is there has been a trend over the last few years of teams in the northwest of England sliding down the league, going into non-league or going bankrupt. So. Um, you know, hopefully it looks like Rochdale are gonna go down, but you know, hopefully for them they can book that trend and bounce back. I hope so. It's a shame with them as well because I remember going there as an away game in the cup when they were like a good league one side, and then they went out to play Man United and that. It is sad to see how fast their club yeah. can drop from a good position because it was only a couple of years ago where they were like fighting top end of League One. Yeah, I mean, look at Scunthorpe. And Relegated. Oh, have just gone this week, haven't they? Yeah, relegated yeah. Um, into National League North. That's I love that. I think Scunthorpe could Champions, be North Championship, or South. Championship yeah. in 2013, so 10 years ago, Championship team, yeah, yeah. Now, regional football. Yeovil went very quickly. Yeah. I think well, the Scunthorpe one's more of a matter of like they had owners that ran them into the ground. Yeah. That, well, they have it's not their owners. location, really, that's caused them to drop. I think yeah. their, their ownership. Yeah, I mean, they've got new owners, but it doesn't seem to... They don't seem to have managed to turn things around very quickly. There was some, there was something about them moving their training base to mm, somewhere yeah. near Nottingham or something like that, um, which upset the fans doing a barrow and they've kind of like cancelled it. So the new owners, they, you know, they're, they're, they're getting on the fans' nerves a bit. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about Scunthorpe now. They're not even in our division. I <laughs> hand it over to Liam. Even in the division. Oh, oh, right. That's right. It's time for Liam. Go on, Liam. What, what are you doing? The top <laughs> half of the table, mate. <laughs> the top half of the table. Yeah. I mean, there's some interesting, interesting results. You know, you know, Salford won again, frustratingly, with two goals in the 95th and the 96th minute to beat Wimbledon, which was disappointing to see. Especially yeah. when I, you look at that result going at the 90th minute, and you think, oh. You know, Wimbledon have done some favour, took some points of Salford. Salford managed to get all three out of it, like 
Absolute scumbags. Uh, Barra are making a late yeah. run in for that playoff thing by getting a win, as no, you mentioned not. before. No, they're not. Do you not think that? <laughs> have you heard all, all the commentary, it is, it is all the commentary on Radio Cumbria that wasn't exactly. about, 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 about another yeah. terrible, <laughs> uh, about, about a podcast? And by the way, isn't the BBC supposed to be unbiased? How comes the only podcast they ever plug is their own? Anyway, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, we can plug their own stuff. Yeah, yeah, they can plug, like... yeah, but they've got to, they've got to at least mention all the other podcasts that are available. can't plug anyone else. Ten minutes. For ten minutes of a pre-recorded yeah. bloody advert at like bloody twenty-two before the game, to have to listen to like terrible yeah, forced did. bloody dribble between some uh, barely university-educated more. Anyway, 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 we're already unpopular with the fucking mainstream media. I don't need to make myself any you more. You are not. But I'm already unpopular. Don't pay us all. That no. we all right then, all right then, Mr. Radio Cumbria. All right, go on, you sit next to bloody Phillips and the rest of them. Go on, you have that, and I'll I'll sit and have a pint with Derek Holmes in the pub and learn about what it was like to play next to Paul Simpson with his wand of a left foot. And that's the kind of point of view I'll have. A real a real point well, look, of view. Look, there's only that's... one of us here. There's only one of us here that have been interviewed on local media, and it isn't me, and it isn't Will's. All right, so yeah, okay. Mr. CFM. <laughs> yeah. CFM's on my CFM well. goes to the highest. Well, star. that's true. Well, that's true. That's all very true. That's all very true. All off my own bat. They never came knocking on my door. I always went knocking on their door. Although CFM <laughs> no. actually did come knocking on my door. To be fair, that was nice of them. Actually, well, my friend tagged me. <laughs> My friend tagged me in a post, basically. I think somebody posted on the Carlisle forum page or something. Who wants to give an opinion? And my mate tagged me in it and then gave this person my number. And that's how I started doing like little bits with CFM. But it's only like pre-recorded questions like once every fucking four months. It's not like I'm like sitting there next yeah. to... You know, Lummy like laughing it up about the podcast for like ten minutes while people want to know what's going on with the starting lineup and stuff like that. You know, when there's I mean, better things to be talking about at that time to... of the day. Well, yeah, clearly, I mean, they didn't clearly have they much didn't news. have much news after like um, you know Easter weekend. <laughs> So they just like, we'll just bung a bit of our podcast on. Yeah, a lot of it, a bit too much of it, to be completely honest. I tuned out at least bloody once because I was sick of it. I was sick of listening to it at one point. I was like, honestly, this is just ridiculous, honestly. But anyway, anyway, I have got my own yeah, podcast and I suppose I can toot my own horn and I can kind of have my own bias, which isn't un- any unruly by any kind of broadcasting uh, company, which has allowed me to have that little bit of a rant, but we'll move on from that little bit of a rant because with Liam, you were quite capably taken on the top half of the League Two roundup. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. get derailed far too much. Where were you? Um, I don't know. Um, just talk about the top. You just mentioned Salford. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bradford beat Sutton as well, killing off their hopes of getting into the playoffs. Uh, Sutton are always a sort of dark horse, loitering about eighth and ninth. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, and um, and then they're not going to get back into that uh, playoff place now. Uh, Salford takes seventh. Bradford takes fifth. Uh, Stevenage just slipped down. They're all the way into fifth now. Dropped yeah. down from second not so long ago. All and level on point. points. All level on points. And obviously Stevenage have that game in hand. Mm-hmm. It, it's interesting to see Stevenage, Carlisle, and Stockport all on seventy points. Um, yeah, and like we it. play Northampton as well. Bradford and we've got. got- Better goal difference. Bradford have got a game in hand on us and all, so like I don't want to. I didn't even notice that. We could genuinely. I don't want to tempt faith, but we could go down to. Yeah. Um. <laughs> before the games in, I mean the games in hand don't get played until we've, after we've kind of had. Actually, are there, are there any midweek games? Yeah. So there's no midweek games this week. So 
I mean, by the time those games in hand are played, you know, we've got Northampton and Stockport both at home. Huge games. And touch wood, if we win both of those, Bradford and Stevenage's games in hand won't matter. Yeah. I think the interesting one is the Northampton game because we now go on to play yeah. Stephen, uh, not Stephen, Northampton and Stockport back to back. If we win them two yeah. games, we can realistically go well into second. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you were probably going to say something about Stockport anyway, because we're still on your league one roundup and we're now talking about Carlisle's chances. <laughs> but <laughs> new but team, yeah, we're in the top yeah, half of the table. The we're to talk about <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm getting sick of Stockport, to be honest with you. I don't like how they've just sort of sprung up out of nowhere. They've took our third place. place our, on one. Our, it is ours and it will be ours <laughs> come the end of the season. But no, for now, they're oh, we go for second. Yeah, we're not out of first yet, mathematically. Oh, we're not. We're not. No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Stockport just in there. Um, new face to the automatic promotion place race. Um, Mansfield yeah. drop out again. Mansfield are a weird one because they were really pushing them automatics at one point, and they've just drawn too many games. Same with us, to be honest. But yeah, the problem with Mansfield is they're drawn too many games. They were in a really good position to try and push them top three at one point. Um, yeah. But you look at the top end of the table now. Stevenage haven't won in five games. We've won one of our last five. Uh, and you look at Stockport above us both. They've won three in their last five, and you know drawn the other two, both who were against top half t- uh, top half teams. Yeah. So Stockport are really becoming a problem. Northampton as well. They haven't played many good teams, but they've won three of their last five, drawn one, lost one. Although they did lose it to Newport quite badly as well. Uh, that that one loss, but yeah, it's yeah. it's getting far too tight for my liking at the top of the table. We're five points into the playoffs. It's been yeah, it's 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 been like this has all season long. Um, the you know the gap will the gap will increase, then it'll decrease again. And you look at the likes of Bradford, Salford, and Mansfield; they'll have a run up to where people start talking about automatic promotion chances, and then they'll drop away again and. And it becomes more about can they make the playoffs? Um, Stockport just just hit form at the right time. Uh, I mean, they had a terrible start of the season as well. They were like right down the bottom, and I don't, I don't like the, I don't like the way that looks because when you get a team that have kind of like come up like that, sort of like. For the first few weeks, people laughing at them saying you're going to get relegated. Yeah, it's what uh, happened with um, Bristol Rovers last year, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, they had a really bad start of the season, and then they just push on and get automatics for the last year. Yeah, well, them. hopefully, Stockport have peaked too soon. They haven't played us yet at yeah. at Grunton Park. And if there was a time to play Carlisle, it would probably time... be now. Yeah, either that or not, because we're now because we're now we're at still... the end of our bad run. We're still good at defending. Oh, we're brilliant yeah. at defending. We just can't score goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we, can, we can score goals. We can score goals. But lads, I mean, Liam, is that everything for the League 2? Top half of the table? Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's all I've got to say. Yeah, yeah. So we found out, I mean, a lot of things, but mostly we found out what was happening <laughs> here. What was happening there in the League 2 Roundup with Liam and Wills and Skelly's weird agenda. <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 
Is this a new segment? <laughs> well, no, no, no. I can't, I can't make a habit out of it, surely. Um, uh, in in, in Carlisle United-related news, gentlemen, Paul Simpson has been nominated for Manager of the Year in League Two alongside two of his managerial counterparts. It's a three-man shortlist that also includes uh, Richie, uh, Richie Wellens and, uh, from Late Norian and Stephen Edges, Stephen Evans. Um, so it's a three man shortlist. Stephen Evans imagine... won't get it. No, I, I well, hope you'd... not. No, no, no not... You'd, you'd, imagine, you'd imagine it's going to go Everyone to the league him. winners. <laughs> yeah, he usually does. Go usually does. But it's nice to see. It's nice to see a bit of recognition for Paul Simpson. Um, you know, those efforts being like obviously not just appreciated on a local level, but uh, at least a professional, national kind of like level as well within the media and FA, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so it, it it's nice to see that you know it's noticed, but will that maybe put a bit of a target on his back? Will it get other people and other teams maybe looking at him? You know, it's 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 an accomplishment what he's achieved. He's got some recognition for what he's achieved. Um, Liam, are you scared that Simo might leave in the summer if like a championship job comes up? Maybe or do you do you think he's you know uh, buttoned down and he's here for the long haul? No, he won't leave. He's tried that and it didn't work the last time when he went to Preston. He, well, he won't arguably, do it again. I think he's, he, got, he's he, got playoffs, he got playoffs at Preston in his first season. Arguably, he did really well with Preston. Look he, at what Preston sucked. have done since Simo left. Yeah, but look at what Preston have been able to achieve yeah. since Simo left. No better. Preston weren't happy. Simpson could do for Preston them. weren't happy with him, though. No, Preston no, weren't, happy weren't happy with him, though. They weren't necessarily happy with like... him, though. But like, even still, like you would say, you could still say, arguably, you know, looking back on reflection, which is what football will do, and it'll look back on him more favorably, is that Preston haven't been in the playoffs since Paul Simpson took them to the playoffs. Except this season, maybe you know they're looking good this season, Preston. But look, I, I don't again, think he'd go. again it makes him look, it makes him look comparisonly more impressive because of the achievement that he achieved. And yeah, what happened now? But they didn't go up, and he got sacked. So and I just I don't I don't even mean it as a thing of other clubs will look at that. I mean it as a, a fact of he'll consider that he did that. He wasn't appreciated. And as a result, he probably won't try it again because he knows he's appreciated here and he knows that the fans love him here. He's already talked... Sorry? I was going to say, he's already kind of like said a lot of that sort of stuff. But I mean, the fact that it it was only because it was Carlisle United, he didn't really want to get back into management, but his hometown club came calling and And, you know, he's loving it. And... But I don't think he's, you know, I think he's happy to now be back in Cumbria, and I don't, I don't feel like he's looking anymore to, you know, to get a better offer. Yeah, I think Carl will be his last job. Like I, mean, I think I he was so. all but retired before we came, before we came in for him. Like I can't see him ever managing another team other than Carl. Like, I think he'll probably. Do his three years that he's got in his contract at the minute, maybe sign another couple or another one year deal, and then yeah. he'll retire. I think he's coming towards the end of his managerial career. And it's not that old, but it, it, it he's it done a lot. Depends though, hasn't how he? it goes. I mean, yeah, he was already kind of retired before, um, and I'm you know I'm sure he'll go on to do other things. He might go back into the England setup at some point. Yeah, I can see him being like a director of football or some, you know, one of them little made-up roles at a club higher up. Like he might go back to Preston and be like a, 
head of recruitment or something no, like I that. Go back to Preston. No, well, maybe not Preston, but <laughs> a, a, a club along that yeah. that elk, you know, like a, like a, a, a northern club, Burnley or something like that. You know what I mean? In other Carlisle United related news, there was over thirteen and a half thousand home supporters at Brunton Park on Good Friday for the Tranmere game. Over fourteen thousand in total, I believe. And I mean, it's. It's a record breaker. It's the, for the first time in 13 years, I believe, that kind of number has been achieved for the first time in something like 16 years. The Waterworks end was opened. It's a, it's a fantastic achievement for the club. It really shows what kind of support is willing to get behind this team if there's the right kind of promotion, the right kind of you know feel-good ethos and, uh, and uh, you know a Blue Army podcast stage on the fan zone. Um, anyway, um, before <laughs> yeah. we dive into the match report, gentlemen, it's time for everybody's second favourite game. <laughs> it's time for True Blue or Not A Blue. Diddly, 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 do. Boys, I've got faith in you this week. This is the week you get your full house. Yeah. I've got faith in you <laughs> this on, week. Yeah. Here we go. We're going for 1993, 1994 season. Okay, and we're going to kick things off okay. with this week's True Blue or Not a Blue with the name. Oh, sorry, I'll remind everybody out there first quickly that all of these names can be true and all of these names can be false. It's time to play True Blue or Not a Blue. Dilly, 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 so it's going to be one or the other, isn't it, then, Liam? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the so. fact that he felt the <laughs> need to remind us. It could be a double bluff, but I don't think he's smart enough to double bluff us. Well, <laughs> you know, you'll have to see, boys. Here we go. The first name on the list, gentlemen, is Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott. I mean, that's and another coming one. Coming on to the pitch for Carlisle United is Tony Elliott. Instinct. I've never heard of mind. It, well, I mean, it's '93. Um, it's before my time as well, but um, it sounds kind of right. I don't know. It sounds like a normal human name. Yeah, Hunch says number thirty-one. Tony Elliott. Are we saying true what blue? He... Liam. Yeah, and he was a right. My hunch is too blue. Yeah. <laughs> and he was a right back an extra shout from Liam there added spice to the occasion we're saying true blue gentlemen Tony Elliott was a blue yeah. uh, can we check his position please he was a goalkeeper my friend <laughs> he oh. was a goalkeeper he was a goalkeeper I he shouldn't have goalkeeper. He was a number two to Tony Keg, uh, Tony Elliott yeah uh, and there was also another goalkeeper in that squad as well, but I won't give his name away just in case I use it on a later episode. Um, three goalkeepers in 1993-94 to start the season. Um, anyway, boys, we'll move on as uh, you boys are uh, tippy-toeing your way towards a full house. Time for two out of two. Are we going to say for Shane Reddish? Shane mm. Reddish. 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 It's a weird Shane name, that Reddish. Mind. It is a weird name. Yeah. But you've seen it. But then. Yeah. You've not seen bluish, but you've seen. Do we think that he? Do we think that he's made them all? Do we think they're just going to be all true this time? I mean, that's what he's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
just make a clean sweeping statement now. Just, I mean, we'll say what, yeah. I mean, <laughs> we'll try true for this one. If this one's true, then I think we're on to him. Yeah, okay. <laughs> really, though, are you going to be too full of confidence and then I'm going to sucker punch you like towards the end? Yes, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. <laughs> Boys, are we saying true blue for Shane? Reddish? True blue. Oh, it's going to come back to bite us, isn't it? Shane, reddish. Is it true blue? Well done, gentlemen. He's yes. a defender yes. that played in 1993. <laughs> oh! <laughs> two out of two. We're going for three out of three for the first time in true blue or not a blue history. <laughs> Um, no, we've done three out of three before. We've done three. We've we done haven't three done four. Out, in, ga- in games for three out of three, this is four out of four. This is a bigger deal, guys. Come on, this is a much bigger deal. Okay, okay. there's not worth no need mentioning the past. Okay, this is a much bigger deal now. We're a, we're in a four out of four. Not game. even mentioning the past on blue. The whole game's about the past. <laughs> <laughs> the third person in true blue and Ollaby, gentlemen, is John Pearson. John Pearson. John Pearson. We'll go true blue. True blue, true blue. Very confident, Nigel boys. Pearson, We're son. going for it. Nigel Pearson. So we've had Nigel Pearson's son. John Pearson. And this is his other son. His other. <laughs> is it true blue? Well done, boys. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> right. John Pearson. Is it true blue? Are we ready for the last one, boys? Trying to get a full house. Yeah. I wonder what the answer is going to be. Thomas. Well, Mick. Shall we? Thomas. I mean, I think we should. I think, yeah, if we. For the culture. Yeah. Yeah. True blue, <laughs> true blue, true blue, true blue. True blue, boys. <laughs> For the first time, potentially in true blue or not a blue history. To get a full house, you're saying true blue on Mick Thomas. Yeah. Gentlemen. It's not a blue, I'm afraid. Mick Thomas. Oh, you're oh, back on. Come on. <laughs> not from the 1993-1994 squad. <laughs> Devastation across the web. <laughs> I kind of knew in my heart of hearts. I kind of knew. <laughs> well, it was just that thing of like, is has he double bluffed us or not? And, and he has. What, yeah. <laughs> well, it's always a pleasure to play true blue or not a blue. And this week, lads, you've done better than usual, but you haven't quite achieved your full house, unfortunately. But we'll move on to the match report, which things start off. Pretty good because we're going to start talking about Carlisle United's 2 0 victory over Tranmere. And as we always do, I'll give you the starting lineup for the game, which had Hoyley and Nets, Ellis, Barkley, Huntington, Mellish, and Armour across the back line. Moxon, Guy, McCalmont, Patrick, and Dennis finishing the starting okay. 11. That's right. Mr. Top Goal Scorer returns to the starting lineup and uh three minutes in boys i mean things couldn't really get much better for him um there was a lot 
of hard work being done in the early stages by the Carlisle United uh, players. And uh, the hard work paid off. I believe it was a mixture of McCalmont and Ellis making uh, martyrs out of themselves, eventually forcing a mistake that fell uh, through the defence. And, uh, I mean, the goalkeeper really screwed up and passed it to Amari Patrick, who played a simple ball into Dennis, who added to his already massive goal tally. And within three minutes, the Cumbrians had taken the lead against Tranmere. Wills, I mean, you're very far yeah. away um, from, from, from all of this, uh, standing in the Warwick Road end. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to throw to Liam first of all, because he would have had a much better view of the work that was happening on the East Stand side of the stadium. Um, I mean, mate... You could we, we could all see from the from the moment the game kicked off that there was you know Carlisle United were pressing high and and pushing the ball and when that chance broke and Dennis was on his own in the middle Liam I mean I mean you you were shouting for Omari to square it weren't you <laughs> you must have seen it it was wide <laughs> open yeah it was and I think you couldn't really blame Mari Patrick for shooting there but you know he needs a goal he really does need a goal but I was so happy when he squared it to Dennis. Um, you won't get an easier finish than that. He's obviously got to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, but yeah, you don't get easier than that. And I think it, it did come off from a really good start of pressing, which I think was really generally led by Alfie McCallment. I think I talked about it when we played late in Orient when we lost. That The one standout for me was Alfie McCallment's pressing. And I think it was him that led the early press against Tranmere. And it was because of him. It wasn't him that won the ball back for the goal. It was Patrick, but it was him leading the press that ultimately did win uh, the ball back that was for the goal in the end. But yeah, it was a good, just a nice work goal, and we, we needed a goal, didn't we? And it really calmed the nerves of everyone in the ground, and it was nice to get the first goal in front of that newly opened waterwork stand as well. Yeah, are you in it, Liam? No, I was in the pioneer no, stand. No, not uh, you. Um, Skelly was going. Yeah, I was. I, I know was you said for, you were going to see a little bit, but I didn't make it. I didn't make it in time for the first goal. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, I didn't make it in time. I was still packing away like the music gear and stuff like that, so I didn't make it in time for the yeah. first goal. Uh, so I was there for the second goal though, and I was there for um, Amari Patrick's chance, sort of like you know before the second goal as well. And uh, I mean, Will's. He needs a goal, yeah. doesn't he, Omari? He's working really hard. We've criticised him on the podcast before a little bit. I don't think you've necessarily been yeah. a part of that criticism, though. So um, maybe you maybe you have a little bit of a more favourable view. Maybe you've been able to see um, the kind of hard work he's been putting into his performances, or at least, you know, what, what did you think of him in the first half here? And, you know, is that goal coming? Um, it may be. I mean, he's got the ability to score and it was a good save um, that denied him. Um, I thought he played well. Doesn't necessarily have to score. Um, you know, an assist's as good as a goal for, you know, for the team. If you play a part in the goal, then. So, um, no, I think, I think he played well. I mean, um, he was evolved in the build-up to the second goal. He, he took the ball out to the mm -hmm. right-hand side and then played it back to Owen Moxon, who played a really good pass 
into uh, a player that, I mean, he's, he's been getting further and further forward. And this is how much more useful he is when he gets forward. He he really does sort of, um, I mean, maybe he fouls the defender, uh, but, we'll, you know, he, he gets it in towards Dennis, who does that classic poachers finish that we would have expected of him at that time. And uh, for Dennis to get two in this game, Wills, yeah. What does that mean for his confidence going forward, do you think? Do you think that like you've got to stick with him from now until the end of the season? Um yeah, I'd hope you know, I'd I'd, I'd hope so. Obviously, we kind of you know we've got two games to discuss, but um he got two goals. It's it's good to see him scoring goals again. And yeah, I just agree exactly like you said. I think that should hopefully lift his confidence again. He does tend to score in little runs. Um he's had not a drought, a goal drought as long as he's as, as long as the one that he had before this. But he has had spells where he's gone a few games without scoring and then he'll kind of like score a bunch. So um hopefully he's kind of feeling in you know feeling in the zone to score a bunch more. Um, I mean, it's a second clean sheet, Liam, um, over over the Easter weekend, obviously starting here at Tranmere. And uh, I mean, this is the more busier of the games that Thomas Hoyley had to face in terms of uh, shots and goal. Uh, obviously, we've all had our things to say about him, but at the end of the day, his clean, his clean sheet total is getting quite hard to argue with. And um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what have you got to say about the last two clean sheets in terms of Thomas Hoyley's performance, or maybe there's someone else in the back line that you'd like to mention? Yeah, I think Thomas Hoyley's improved a lot in the last few games. I, I haven't been a big fan of him this season, as you probably both know. <laughs> uh, but I think it's, even the games that we lost against Gillingham and um, and Leighton Orient, this run of games where we haven't been conceding many, I think he is a big part of it, and I think. He really has upped his game recently. His his distribution is still, yeah. It, it leaves a lot to be desired. But I think in terms of his coming for crosses, in terms of his big saves made, you know, he has improved a lot. And I I think a big part of this sort of really good defense that we've got now is him. Whereas I think towards the start of the season, it was more him being protected by the centre backs that were in front of him. Yeah, I mean, like I think that's especially what happened in the next game, which is the Warsaw game. But before we go on to talk about that, lads, um, I feel like it's pretty easy to give a man of the match for uh, for the Tranmere game. For me, he scored two goals. And um, yeah, it's Dennis. It has to be Dennis. That's my man of the match for the game. Um, Wills, who are you giving your man of the match to for the Tranmere game? Um, not Christian Dennis. I'm going <laughs> I'm, I'm giving my man... My man of the match of the Tramier game goes to Jack Armour. I oh, think he yeah. was it was good defensively, but it was also it was it was Armour's assist and for the first goal, the first no, that was second goal. I can't remember, but yeah, Jack Armour. He did get an assist in the game. I think it was the second goal. He heads it yeah. back across for Dennis. Yeah. yeah. All right, fair enough, Jack Armour, Liam. Man of the match for the Tramia game. I'm gonna go with someone different to the pair of yous. Um oh. I'm gonna give you the game man of the match two on the day. Uh Ben Barkley, I just think he did everything right. He, he was so good in in the tackle, so good at you know his clearances. I thought he, he really, you know, and, and there was a lot of eyes on him in that game with Morgan Feeney going out injured. He was there to replace the captain. And he he did everything right, Ben Barkley. So yeah, he's he's my man of the match. 
Uh, I mean, moving on to the Tranmere, uh, sorry, to the Walsall game, and I'll quickly give you the lineup for the Walsall game, which featured obviously Holy and Nets with uh, Barkley, Huntington, Mellish playing a back three, Ellis and Armour playing either side of the back three, McCalmont, Guy, Moxon in the midfield with Dennis and Patrick up run so um i mean the walsall game lads i feel like in the first half i was watching it on the i follow and we were playing some really good <laughs> passing football and i i was really impressed with the kind of stuff we were doing in the first half and i don't see why we just don't have that extra goal scoring threat that can really break down a team and, and just get that opportunity and score that chance because some of the passing football was really really enjoyable to watch in the first half but potentially the most talkative moment or the first most talkative moment in the game has to be the red card that happened. And obviously talking about just the refereeing decisions up until that point, it was a straight red card in the 61st minute. And uh, I mean, all over the game, the linesmen seemed like they, they just weren't confident enough to call decisions uh, from what I could hear on commentary and what I could see myself and the referee was having to involve himself and and uh, he was obviously feeling unconfident in a number of his decisions calling them from afar and it just seemed like a terrible um game for the officials it's since been said by our manager at least that the officials have had uh, a, a terrible game as well i mean wills at this level yeah when officials are having a terrible game how much does that, I mean, explain, like, I mean, how much can you explain? How much can that affect a team like Carlisle United? Um, I mean, if the referee's having a terrible game, then it affects the game because you see, again, you know, you're seeing the Walsall game as soon as they, as soon as they can see what sort of things the referee's going to blow for. And I'm just saying this because of the two teams um, we're the team that have gone in as favourites, and Walsall are the team that are maybe more likely to take it, you know, take a draw, especially once they went down to 10 men. Um, then you know, you, you know, they know that they can just kind of like get little free kicks here and there, or they can, you know, you can it, it's easier to make a game just to kind of like take some of the excitement out of a game if if you've got a referee who. He's just making mistakes all over the place. I, I, th- I thought I thought it was a really poor referee, and and I'm not saying it was just poor for us. It was poor for Walsall as well. I don't think it was a red card, um, unless there's something little, unless there's some nasty little kick that's been missed from the camera. But it it, it just looked like a you know like a slightly rash challenge, and um, you know, it I think it just it just puts the players off. I mean. After the red card, Carlisle were really attacking. They were pushing forward. There was a number of opportunities. Moxon, uh, with the first of which, headed straight towards the goalkeeper. I believe there was one later on for Barkley off a corner as well that, that he probably should have easily have got round the goalkeeper. And there was another opportunity that was well built from Carlisle. And uh, the goalkeeper did, to his credit, make a really good save. Um, Liam, will we... Will, will good luck start happening soon? You know, like we we seem to be doing things right, don't we? There's no need to panic, is there? Well, you make your own luck in football, don't you? Um, and I think look, the, the one that stands out for me is the sort of double save the keeper made. That I've I've no idea how he's kept that out. He, he makes the initial save with his feet, 
And then I think it's McCallum that gets it on the rebound and he, he gets a hand to that as well. And you just think it's just not going to be our night. And that, and that was really late on as well. Um, it, it's frustrating, but it's, you know, when you've, you look at the last five games, we haven't scored in four of them. You can only attribute so much of that to luck. Like, I thought we should have had a blatant penalty in the first half today for that mm. foul on Jack Am, which would have gone down as a goal, I'm sure. But then on the other hand, we've been really lucky because that definitely wasn't a red card. I probably wouldn't even give a yellow for that unless, like Will said, there were, there's something that we haven't seen. That wasn't a red card. That's never, ever a red card. And it, and it's difficult because when you get games like this with officials and he's given every single little foul, he's, he's not biased in any way. I don't think, like, you know, you always get referees on bad performances and you go, oh, he's wearing, he's wearing red pyjamas or something like that. And he, it wasn't one of them where he's obviously biased towards one team because he was dreadful for both. One that comes to mind is that offside he gave inside our own half. And and it's not even one of the ones where you can think, right, well, he, he's, he's obviously just misread where he is on the pitch. But then he lets them take the free kick in our half. So he knows it's in our half. And he still mm. give the offside anyway. So yeah. it's like, do you just not understand the rules of the game? You know, it, it doesn't make any sense for me at all, the referee. And and when you get them times of games where he is given every foul, it just slows the game right down for both teams. And like Will said, Walsall would have taken that a lot more than us. It's Michael Flynn as well. And we know what his teams play like. We always had, oh, absolutely. We always had a poor... Um, like, you know, like a poor record against Newport when he was managing them, and you know when we play Walsall under him, it just it, it seems like more of the same. It's that physical long ball getting in the ref's face, slowing it down, and we don't do well against it. No, no, no. And Walsall are known for having a good defence, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I say we don't do they, well they, against. They were organised. You know, we 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 probably defend well against it because you know we've got defenders like Huntington who are good at dealing with teams who play long ball and he you rolls know holy. Yeah, I don't think we attack well against teams that play sort of like sit back and long ball and all that kind of flin ball. Yeah, I mean, for me, Hunt absolutely rolls Royce did, mate. He really did. Um, he, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go on to do the man of the matches because, you know, there isn't really much more to talk about after the after I've said about the chances at the end of the Walsall game. Um, it's a disappointment, obviously, not walking away with the three points. We'll maybe talk about the points total across the full weekend in just a minute. But first, we'll give our Foxy speech and man of the match because I've already kind of gave mine away. Mine's yeah. gone to Paul Huntington. For me, he was an absolute Rolls-Royce defender. He was committed to every decision that he made. That's what I've asked of him and that's what he's providing now. He's showing his quality. When the ball needs to go out, it goes out. It doesn't go back to the goalkeeper. It goes into Rosie. And we're seeing a lot more of that. We're seeing a lot more decisive decisions. We've seen him across the whole weekend. That 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 crunching tackle um, against Tranmere that's gone viral. That's Hunts. That's a Rolls-Royce defender. That's what we need him to be. He's a big lad. He's a big Cumbrian. He loves this club. And yeah, for me, he's, he's done enough to get my Foxes feature man of the match. Uh, Wills, who's yours for the Walsall gig? Um, I wasn't sure. I was kind of thinking back to some of the good moments various players had. And you reminded me that Hunts did have quite a few. Um so yeah, I'm gonna agree with you and I'm gonna give it to Paul Huntington. Cool, cool, cool. Liam, who are you gonna go with for the Walsall game, mate? 
I'm gonna go against the crowd again. Uh, I uh, I just like Jack Armour. <laughs> he's such a good player, Jack Armour. He's the next Danny Granger, and he just he is really good. Yeah, um, I almost said Danny Granger for me. No, Jack Armour <laughs> for did? me. Jack Armour. Uh, he's Armour. just class. Jack Armour. Armour, Armour and two for Hunts. Yeah. Um, it, four points in total across the whole weekend, lads. I mean, it felt like it should have been six, especially after it went down to ten men. But uh, they mentioned it on commentary yeah. a lot. Do you feel like teams are guilty of fading away a little bit when they're only up against 10 men and therefore, you know, you don't really get that extra advantage, Will? I don't think it's so much a case of fading away. It's just the team that has the man sent off, um, they can they can still keep as many men back in defence and midfield because they usually sacrifice a striker and I think Walsall did. So in terms of getting the ball off them, breaking them down, it, it doesn't necessarily become any easier because the only thing that they're missing is that they've not, you know, that they've not left that player up the other end of the pitch for a counter-attack. Um, set pieces are usually where you kind of really see an advantage because there's a player who had a job to do who's now not there and you you know can now outnumber players but yeah no it's um you know it's not usually easy to play against 10 men um for that reason um it's it's usually okay not to lose against 10 men but um actually beating them when they don't want to be beat yeah, I, I, you know, the sending off doesn't necessarily make things any easier for the team that has got 11 men. Yeah, Liam, do you think it's more difficult to break down 10 men sometimes? Yeah, I, I think it is, especially when they just go all out defence, which, to be fair, I don't think Warsaw did, but they did sacrifice a striker. So it'll be easier to defend against, um, but a lot more difficult to defend to, to attack come the end of it. So nil-nil just it wasn't a surprise. You obviously, you obviously celebrate a man getting sent off, but yeah, it didn't help us much. Yeah, yeah. Um, lads, we'll move on because at the end of the day, it was a bit of a grind out, wasn't it, uh, to get the four points. It would have been nice to get the six and really put us and left us just in that third position anyway. But yeah, as you've quite rightfully said, it is really difficult to break down uh, 10 men and especially when they weren't really coming to win the game or well, playing to win the game in the first place. Um, but yeah, we'll move on and we'll talk about the predictions for the uh, Northampton game that's happening this weekend. And uh, for me, it's going to be a difficult one. I mean, I don't often predict that Carlisle are going to concede a goal even, but I think this time there might be a bit of a backwards and forwards. But obviously, I'm always going to predict the Cumbrians are going to win. So I'm going to go with a nice little 2-1 victory to Carlisle against Northampton, and uh, Liam, who are you going to go with? Well, what are you going to uh, go with, sorry? Uh, ditto, 2-1, yeah. I think. You, you can't keep that Hoskins quiet at the minute, so he'll get one, but our Christian Dennis will outscore him. <laughs> well, that's the plan for Liam. Wills, what are you thinking? Um, yeah, I, like, I don't think that I can not predict Carlisle to win because if I don't think we can beat Northampton then it's kind of saying at this point I don't 
think we can go up automatically, and I think we can. We've got to beat Northampton, and I think so. I'm going to predict we will do it, and I'm going to say two one. Oh well, we don't often do that, and I think will you actually got your prediction for the Tramia game right last week? So hopefully, did. <laughs> your good form will continue, and uh, you know things will go on, and uh, yeah, we'll all be right next yeah. week when we when we reunion on the podcast. Uh, but boys, it's starting to get tense around here. Because at this stage of the show, right at the end, it's time for everyone's favourite game. That's Guessing right. The player. Guessing the player. Guessing the player. Guessing the player. Come on, boy. Time for guessing the player. It's everyone's favourite game. quid this weekend. Well done, Zach and Oliver, once again. Uh, I'm sure they listen, they probably don't. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, lads, we're going to pick things up where we left things last week, which was still a stalemate, I believe. Yeah, because we, we didn't get it at all last week. Yeah. So Right, so things are still 9-9. But this week, I believe it's Liam's turn to go first. It is. There we go. See, I do keep notes. I do keep notes. Not that I did this week, but I do keep notes. <laughs> what are we on? Is it is it nine each? It's nine yeah. each. Yeah. It's still it's nine each, mate. It's nine each. And um I mean let's kick things off, boys. It's time for Liam to potentially take the lead for the first time ever in guessing the player with the first clue. This player played for York City. Before being snapped up as a teenager by Leeds United. Um, York City? Played for York City as a teenager before being snapped up by Leeds United. It's not Ryan Edmondson, is it? You're not. Uh, yeah, that's your guess. I've got to say, you've done this yeah. thing before. Yeah, yeah, I'm, no, no, no. I'm, this, this, is, this is my guess. This is my guess. You're going with Ryan Edmondson. Yes, it's not, but uh, yeah, that's my guess. It is Ryan Edmondson. Oh. <laughs> Complete guess. Unbelievable scenes as Liam gets it on the first goal, which means he claims three points, taking his now lead from nine nine. It's now twelve nine to Liam. Will, how does it feel to be, you know, having to chase a lead for the first time in guessing the player history? Absolutely devastated. Um, <laughs> gonna have to, gonna have to go back, uh, train harder over the week, uh, regroup, <laughs> and you know, see if I can, see if I can kind of like rediscover my early season form. <laughs> <laughs> Very best answer, Liam. Your buzzer. <laughs> it's lonely at the top. 
Well, it's a fantastic uh, note to leave the podcast on, gentlemen. So really, there isn't Brilliant much note. more. I mean, it is pretty sweet, isn't it, for you? But at the end of the day, you know, there isn't really <laughs> much more else left for us to do, apart from saying bye for now. Bye for now. Bye. <laughs>Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport, powered by fans.